from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music and interesting nature study. With more music coming in, we shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host Sharad and I am Maureen and you are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. Let's begin our program with a song.
You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. And now, here's a nature study. Dear friends, today we are going to learn about Nessie. In the Bible, Revelation 1-7 says, Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Since the year A.D. 565, there have been reports of a monster inhabiting the now famous Loch Ness. Loch means lake in Scottish. People have claimed to have seen this monster. They say it is about 30 feet long and occasionally parts of it rise up out of the water I have seen pictures of the monster, but they were not clear. This monster has been named Nessie. Nessie is supposed to be living in this lake, which is about 24 miles long and 1 mile wide. This lake is reported to be about 950 feet deep at the deepest point, which is directly offshore from the ruins of the castle. For many years, divers have gone down into the depths of this lake trying to find Nessie, but no one has seen it up close. This is the largest lake in terms of water volumes in Scotland. The waters are not only cold and deep, but dark. Below 50 feet, it is impossible to see more than a couple of feet in any direction. Divers have taken very large and powerful lights into the depths of the lake, only to come back without locating Nessie. There is a great amount of vegetation growing in the lake, and some biologists believe that gases released by decaying vegetation have brought some of it up to the surface and people imagined it to be Nessie, the monster. No one has seen even this phenomenon for many years. We all know that Jesus is coming back to this earth one of these days. We don't know when he will return, only that he will. As people are keeping their eyes open for Nessie, we should keep our eyes open, watching for Jesus' return. The Apostle writes that everyone will see him. I thank God that we shall all be able to see him come, no matter where we live. Thank God today that we will be able to see Jesus come back to this earth. It will be no mystery. Let's wait for his return. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. The children and youth, all classes of students, need the lessons to be derived from this source. In itself, the beauty of nature leads the soul away from sin and worldly attractions and toward purity, peace and God. Dear friend, death, 
struggle, pain and violence were not part of God's original creation. Let's discover what was the world like when God created it. To know more on God's word, you could also write to us. Here's our mailing address. Adventist World Radio, Post Box number 17, Pune 411001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. You may also follow our programs on our website awr.org slash English program. Before you hear God's word, here's another song. There's no need standing up for the right Unless you're gonna stand up against the wrong Tell me how you're gonna ever stop a being weak Unless you make your mind up to be strong Well, you got to do right Cause it won't be long You won't be long Let me tell you that it's easy to hate your enemies And it's just as easy to love your friends They tell me you will have to love alike The Bible tells you you got to let the love of God come in Well, you got to do right Cause it won't be long It won't be long Don't you want to love him better? Don't you want to love him more? Can't you even say you're knocking? He's a-knocking at your door Don't you want to make haste to meet your maker Before you got to deal with the undertaker He will take you right now If you are willing, don't you know the Bible is fulfilling? You got to do right, cause it won't be long, it won't be long. You got to do right, cause it won't be long, it won't be long. You got to do right, whoa, live the life. You got to do right, whoa, live the life. You've got to do right, oh, live a life. You've got to do right, oh, live a life. You've got to do right, oh, live a life. You've got to do right, right. Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Elizabeth Talbot. And I'm Mike Tucker. So you were talking about a young man who lived and died and witnessed in that process. Yeah, you had asked me what, what it was that I wanted people to say about me at my funeral. And, and really, the best thing that I can come up with has to do with this young man who wanted to be a preacher. But while he was in college, he was 19 or 20 years of age, he was diagnosed with an inoperable 
uncurable cancer. And at, at that age? At that age. Oh, and told sad. that he was going to die very shortly. Mm. And so he struggled with his disease, and his friends, of course, rallied around him. And he did die of the disease. At his funeral, though, it was so obvious that those who knew him had been so greatly impacted by his life that the impact was probably more powerful than any sermon he could have ever preached because mm. he lived and died with serenity in the midst of the terrible circumstances of his life. He trusted his Jesus. You know, if people could say something like that about me, uh, mm. that would be all right. I would just like to live in such a way that my life impacted other people, as this young man's life obviously did, as we saw at the funeral. You know, it is true that I have seen that when people witness in the midst of their suffering, mm-hmm. it's so powerful. You know, yeah. it, being that you mentioned this young man, I have a young woman that I used to be her pastor, and she was diagnosed uh, with Parkinson's disease mm. very early, and she had a little girl, and she, and she um, has witness to me she still does as her disease has deteriorated her health mm-hmm. uh, her witness is incredible I mean such a powerful witness and she has put groups together how to cope with the disease he mm-hmm. he writes she writes to other people um, and to see her strength in the Lord uh, it, her it witness is, amazing, is incredible yeah, yeah it is an amazing thing you know I've had people tell me you know I'd like to be a witness for God but my life is in such turmoil right now I can't and that is really a misconception you can witness for God wherever you are but I think the most powerful witness can come in the midst of turmoil and strife because there you remain true and that's what we see here in the life of Paul because Paul now is going to be arrested. He's going to experience persecution. And yet in the midst of all of this, Paul preaches a powerful sermon. Yes. And he actually preaches some of his most powerful sermons uh, from this chapter on when he's actually seized by the Jews and he will be imprisoned. And this is a time when he retells of his conversion and why mm-hmm. is it that he believes in what he believes. And he is uh, in chains and still keeps preaching. And, and preaching he, in chains. Yeah, that's yeah, something. That's, that's, a, that's a good title for a book yeah. because he keeps preaching and nobody, nobody can stop him. And in the suffering, even more powerfully. Well, let's take a look at what happens here. Remember that he had uh, left Asia. He's gone back to Jerusalem. And verse 27, he's going to be arrested. Verse 27, when the seven days were almost over, the Jews from Asia, remember those Jews who were back in Thessalonica, who persecuted him and then followed him to Berea? They've come now to Jerusalem. They can't (laughs) let this guy go. Can you believe it? I mean, Jerusalem is far away from Asia. Uh, Asia Minor was one of the provinces of the Roman Empire. And if you look at a map, these people had to come a long way to Jerusalem. They spent some money to get there, and they were determined. So the Jews from Asia, upon seeing him in the temple, began to stir up all the crowd and laid hands on him, crying out, Men of Israel, come to our aid. This is the man who preaches to all men everywhere against our people and the law and this place. And besides, he has even brought Greeks into the temple and has defiled this holy place, for they had previously seen uh, Trophimus, uh, the Ephesian, in the the city with him, and they suppose that Paul had brought him into the temple. So they're looking for anything to put him down. And it's very interesting because the, the next verses will tell you that specifically they're seeking to kill him. For example, verse yeah. 31, they are seeking to kill him. Now, I think it's very paradoxical that uh, 
Paul, who has been trained in Jerusalem, who has uh, been at the feet of Gamaliel, who has who is a Jew of Jews, mm-hmm. you know, who is trained in the law and who can recite everything in Hebrew. He has been all around the world and he comes back and he is seized in, in actually Jerusalem. Yeah, in Jerusalem, the place where, where so much of his attention and study had been devoted and with the religious system that he had been so devoted to. And then the city is provoked in such a way that this mob starts and the soldiers need to be involved yeah. uh, because they're going to destroy him. They're actually going to kill him. And, and verse 35 tells us that, that he needed uh, guards with him. Yeah, when he got to the stairs, he was carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the mob, for the multitude of the people kept following them, shouting, away with him. Yeah, they actually want to kill him. They and want to tear him limb from limb right there. I, I'm, You know, again, I'm reminded that this started over their concerns that he had defiled a, a religion or a, a mm-hmm. holy place, a religious system. And so, of course, obviously, the way to take care of someone who is hurting your religion is to kill them and to put hands isn't on it, them and tear is, them limb from isn't limb. Isn't something? This is the, the way absurdity all, of this is incredible. Yes, all holy wars have started yeah. like that. You uh, know, you, you don't believe like I do, so I have to kill you. And by the way, this is not limited to Jews. Christians do this. Muslims do this, you name it, across the board, anyone is susceptible to this. You just think, I am so right that surely God must be on my side, so it, it just the end justifies the means. I can do this any way I want to. Yeah, I actually saw the news yesterday, and I couldn't believe it, a, a minister that is against the current president. Yeah. And the statement was, I hope he dies and goes to hell. Oh, man. And it was a, it was a religious minister, oh, and thank, I was like, you thank know. Thank you so much for being a, a testimony to the power and the love and the grace of Christ. I mean, no Christ. matter what your political orientation is. I don't wish that on anyone. Uh, Uh, Even on America's enemies, I don't wish that. I wish they would come to repentance and to know him. And I don't even know if this president needs that. That's not my issue. The point is that we need to represent Christ by dealing with issues in a representative way. (laughs) And uh, when uh, the people are crying out and the mob gets so violent um, and they cry out way with him, you know, you got to kill him. It reminds me uh, again of Luke's effort to show that uh, Jesus' apostles are going through the same things that Jesus went uh, uh, about himself. I Mm -hmm. mean, remember that Jesus also is carried to the authorities. The soldiers have to intervene. Mm -hmm. They the mob crucify him, crucify him. Yes, and actually, let's go there. uh, John chapter 19 is one of the places where we see him, where actually um, the the people are getting so uh, violent. And in verse 15 of chapter 19, they're saying the same exact sentence. Mm -hmm. They cried out, away with him, away with him, and then crucify him. And Pilate says, but why should I crucify him? He hasn't done anything wrong. It's amazing that in both cases, uh, secular, pagan authority had to step in and stop religious people from hurting another religious person. Yes, and and actually the authority keeps saying, I don't know what he has done wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, very interestingly, uh, the same thing happens to Paul throughout these authorities. uh, You know, we'll see in a moment Felix and Festus and Agrippa. They all say, I don't know what he has done wrong. These people have become what Mark Twain referred to as a good man in the worst sense of the word. (laughs) You know, I mean, basically that's what they are. They think that they are so right and that their cause is so right it justifies any means. And that is just wrong. And the the soldiers think that maybe Paul has done something really, really wrong. And and he has this dialogue in verse 37 back to Acts 21. As Paul was about to be brought into the barracks, he said to the commander, may I say something to you? And he said, 
Do you know Greek? <laughs> and then he says, then you are not the Egyptian who some time ago stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 men. Um, uh, this is uh, something that actually Josephus talks about. He mm-hmm. talks about uh, the fact that there was this Egyptian man who uh, had led uh, 4,000 people astray and actually he got away. And so the soldier says, I thought you were that guy or yeah. at least something like him. Well, it, it's obvious here that he's thinking that this guy must be horrible because, you know, he's got to be on the level of this guy who's read, led this revolt and, and people have died because of him. So he's not sure who he is, but mm-hmm. now he hears him speak Greek. Well, obviously he's not the Egyptian. Who is this guy? <laughs> That's right. And then Paul asks him um, if he could please address the people. Now, he's with the soldier, so he's, he's, he's now this safe. This guy is brave, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he is. He is. In verse 40, he gives him permission and Paul starts speaking on the Hebrew dialect, mm-hmm. and then he throws everybody off. Yeah. And so in chapter 22, everybody gets really silent, it says, because they hear him talk in the Hebrew dialect. Now, you think about this. This man this man is about to be torn to pieces by these people, but he chooses this moment. The to moment, witness. To witness. He's going to preach a powerful sermon here. And now in Hebrew, he starts in chapter 22, Brethren and fathers, hear my defense, which I now offer you. And so when they hear, heard that he's speaking in, in Hebrew, they're starting to, to be quiet. Yes. They, and he yeah. goes on and starts about how he was born and his whole history with, with coming to conversion. Yeah, and he tells them that he was educated by Gamaliel, yes. that he has been zealous for God, and he persecuted the people that he's now yeah. uh, defending. And he tells them of his conversion. And we get, again, red letters. If you have one of those letters, they have black and, and red letters, because yeah. he tells them how Jesus personally has appeared to him and uh, how he has told him who he is and he resurrected from the dead and they're okay. They're listening until the point on verse 21 where he says, then he sent me to the Gentiles. And look at their response of verse 22. Verse 22, and when the blood of your witness Stephen was being shed, I also was standing by approving and watching uh, out for the coats of those who were slaying him. And he said to me, go, for I will send you far away to the Gentiles. And then they listened to him up to this statement. And then they raised their voices and said, away with such a fellow from the earth, for he should not be allowed to live. Yeah, here we have Paul witnessing in the midst of, of his suffering. And perhaps you are suffering and have difficulties in your life. And we want to encourage you to become a witness during this time because there's no more powerful witness than that. Even in the midst of your turmoil and strife, you trust the Lord. You be a witness. A, a text was given to me by a man many years ago in the midst of turmoil in my life. And that text is Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's not a bad testimony to share with people, even in the midst of the turmoil. Hold on to that fact. Hold on to that assurance. Share it with others. And in the midst of the turmoil of your life, that witness will have power. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our loving and living Heavenly Father, we come to your presence right now thanking Thee for sending us the Holy Spirit as our guide, our counselor, our friend. We invite the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and transform us and bring us more closer to fellowship with Jesus Christ, our Savior. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Flee as a bird 
footsteps of God through human history and see for yourself what he offered to save us discover the truths that can protect you from the lies of the devil discover truths that can change your life today and show you the change of a life without end there's no need standing up for the right unless you're going to stand up Against the wrong, tell me how you gonna ever stop a being weak unless you make your mind up to be strong. Well, you got to do right, cause it won't be long, you won't be long. Bow, 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 bow. Bow, 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 bow. Let me tell you that it's easy to hate your enemies, and it's just as easy to love your friends. They tell me you will have to love the light. The Bible tells you you got to let the love of God come in. Well, you got to do right, 'cause it won't be long. It won't be long. Don't you wanna love him better? Don't you wanna love him more? Can't you even say you're knocking? He's a knocking at your door. Don't you wanna make haste to meet your Maker before you got to deal with the Undertaker? He will take you right now. If you are willing, don't you know the Bible is fulfilling? You got to do right. With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. 
To learn more on God's Word, we would love to receive your letters on Adventist World Radio, Post Box Number 17, Pune, 411-001, Maharashtra, India. You could also email us on Adventist Media Center at gmail.com. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org slash English program. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, we wish you goodbye. And God bless you.